Hi everyone. Today we're going to work specifically together on the Ayurveda section of the Lola workbook. So it's section four. Um, the link is here in um, the text underneath, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're watching this um, or you're listening to this in the podcast or in our Lola social network. So, all right, so let's go to page 97 and let's just start with the Ayurvedic basics. So one of the reasons I wanted to do this more in this way is so you can go back to it as you're learning and absorbing. It's a great reminder. Um, some of you guys have done some Ayurveda work and now you want to deepen it or the season has changed, right? We're in the height of Pitta season right now while I'm recording, but we are starting to think about fall. We are starting to think about what do I need in Vata season? What, what's the weather, when the weather changes, what kind of movement activities, what kind of food, what kind of lifestyle shifts, um, can I expect with the season change? And listen, we're, I'm recording this during a time of unknown and unrest. It's pandemic, it's election season cycle. Um, there's still protests and fires and police, and it's a lot. There is a lot of unknown. But one thing we can do to honor our nervous system and honor the rhythm and cycle of nature and of season is to ground ourselves in our daily practices our rituals, our routines. So our work life will be different. Our kids' schools will be different. Our, our vacation holiday travel will be different, but we still will wake up every morning. We still wanna honor and mark time with some kind of rest at the end of each week, whether you're doing it on a Shabbat, um, on a Friday night or on a Sunday, um, but grounding yourself. Please do this for yourself. We don't have an end in sight for the kind of chaos and unknowns that are in a lot of the macro systems that we're part of. But what we can do is be very present in the micro systems. What does our gratitude practice look like? Do we bookend the day? Right? So we talk about bookending the day with these lifestyle habits and routines, starting the day in a very similar way to help our body, mind, spirit, soul relax, feel at ease, create an environment for health and well-being. Your body wants to be healthy. Your mind wants to be clear. You guys are telling me you want to feel grounded and peaceful and relaxed during this time of outer macro chaos. Um, and so that's how we do it, is that we start that day with a similar beat, a similar routine, and we end the day with a similar beat, a similar routine. And we do this over time to see how our body becomes aligned with harmony of nature, even with chaos in the world. Okay, I've been living and breathing this and inviting people in our communities to live and breathe this so that you too can feel a sense of grounded presence even in this chaotic unknown world. It's possible. The, what I'm calling this is embodied authenticity. And so this came to be because I was chatting with a friend yesterday and I said to her, you know, people keep telling me they want to be authentic. 
you know, I'm doing a lot of coaching sessions right now around business changing, life changing, um, just kind of all the shifts and changes in people's inner world. And they keep saying things like, I want to find a job or be in a career where I can be authentic. And the thing I want to push back on is uh, authenticity is something that comes after embodiment. So when we do the deep dive um, self-work, the inner work, we clear out the inner channels, we work with our emotions and the congestion of the emotions, and we become centered and focused in what is true for our lives, right? Grounded in reality. Maybe it's a difficult marriage. Maybe it's a difficult relationship with a parent. Maybe one of your kids is really, really suffering. So we become grounded in the reality in which point we have tools to work with. And that's what the whole workbook is, is tools for you guys to work with this stuff in your inner life. That's why I want you to have it and practice it and join the free little workshops I'm doing and, and watch those recordings. These are the practices that will literally help you deal with all those challenges. And I pull them from so, from like 20 years of researching this stuff. It's like the best of. So please, please use it and ask me questions about it. But what I'm talking about is the embodiment of working with the inner life, of connecting to who you are, how you operate, what are your habits and patterns, what are your mind habits and patterns, what are your body habits and patterns. And being able to work with the inner world gives you this embodied presence. I did a, a podcast about embodied Ayurveda. And that brings authenticity. So authenticity is the state that you arrive at after the embodiment. But you can't just declare, I wanna be authentic, and then present yourself in the world as authentic without doing that deep excavation, like decluttering. I think of it as like, and I don't need this, and I don't want this, and oh, I wanna make space for this, and now look what's coming to me. There's more of this energy flow, energy flow between relationship to myself in my outer world, because the inner world is getting so, it's like getting Marie kondo it's getting cleared out. So then embodiment brings you this authenticity that is the state of being that is a result of the embodied practices, the somatic inquiry, the body healing, the movement that's integrated with intention that connects you to spirit, whatever that looks like for you. Right now, my spiritual practice is my obsession and intimate love affair with these flowers I've been taking pictures of, right? So that's like spiritual practice doesn't have to be in a church or in a synagogue or speaking Hebrew or talking about Jesus or Mary Magdalene, although that can be really fun if that's your jam, but it can also just be your lived experience, your embodied experience leads you to the authentic state of connection to spirit and source. So Ayurveda is the foundation that can help us. It gives us such wonderful practical tools to get there. Page 97, dosha coloring quiz. Thank you, Rita, for making this. For each row, color in one box. So you'll see um, on the left-hand side of the column, hopefully you have it pulled up in front of you, uh, body structure, appetite. Oh, you know what I could do on this? Actually, I'm not going to do it since we're doing this as a podcast also, but just pause it and go grab a copy of the workbook on the link and go to page 97 if you don't have it printed. Body structure, appetite, physical energy. Oop, there's a, a spelling error there. 
Um, mental energy, another spelling error. This is this is called a work in progress as we are. We're just, I'm always, <laughs> we're just always making mistakes and being human. That's how it is. Okay, emotional energy balanced, emotional energy unbalanced, thirst, sleep, weight, based on colored boxes your primary dosha is. So the point of this is that many of you already know what your primary dosha or your your what you're born with or your current state. I really, really focus when I'm talking about um, healing work. We're talking about current state, not so much primary, but it's awesome to know what you're made of, what the, what the constitution is that you're made of, what the percentage is. So how much kapha, how much pitta, how much vata. And again, this is general because we're not doing clinical Ayurveda where you'd go to a doctor and they would read your pulse and look at you and give you a diagnosis of specifically what your, not diagnosis, but, um, analysis of specifically what your dosha type, your constitution is. But here, again, we're using this for general daily lifestyle knowledge. We don't have to know all of that micro, micro to get a general sense of what's our appetite been most of our life, what's our mental energy been most of our life, what's our thirst most of our life. Um, and so then we can kind of play. Then you get an assessment. Okay, I've got this many vata, this many pizza, this many kapha. We are not trying to be tridoshic. Let me be clear. The goal or the purpose of Ayurveda is not to be even in all three constitutions, dosha. You cannot change what you are made of. So as much as I would want, say, let's say I would like to be a vata dominant constitution, I am not. You can just look at me. You can see the softness um, is the kapha, the, the bigness. Um, and then the, the fire in how I speak, the clarity of how I speak is the pitta. And it's, and it's meshed with the kapha. So there's nothing I can do um, to become long and lean um, in, in a vata way, right? I can't have blonde hair naturally all of a sudden, like really light hair or wispiness that we talk about with vata. So that's where um, you get this basic foundation. Okay. Let's move on to the next page 98. So that's one, one realm that we work in and talk about in Ayurveda. Let's go to the next one, which is tamas, sattva, and rajas. So we say that you could be in a tamasic state, a sattvic state, or a rajasic state. And here we're talking about habits and patterns of mind. Now, the reason this is important is because the habits and patterns of the mind obviously connect with the habits and patterns of the body, of what your relationship is to food and drink. So in um, all the Vedic traditions that I've studied, like yoga, meditation, Tantra has it a bit too, um, th there's this sattvic state that we're thinking of in a yoga practice in an Ayurvedic practice, in a meditation practice. There's this, there's this sattvic aspiration to be of a clear, calm mind so that we can handle, this is actually in Zen Buddhism too, we, we studied this and learned this, so that we can handle what's coming into our reality with that clarity. It reveals your awareness, your inner power, it helps you, the sattvic state is easygoing, balanced, peaceful, harmonious, and contented. 
It's about truth and being, being with truth and allows for discernment, which means you are not doing all the things you, you understand what's for you and you understand what's not for you, right? That saying that we already, we always have in Ayurveda, what's nectar for one is poison for another. And so our discernment comes in really, truly understanding what we're made of with those elements. What, what are the elemental? So I have, um, a pitta kapha body type for sure, but definitely when I get into super creative mode and idea mode, my vata, the vata energy, the mind is just shooting from this idea to this idea. I could write this book. I could write this book. I could say this thing. I could do this. Like I, I have so many hands and so many pots and that's a vata mind expressing itself. Okay. So that's just an example of different ways that we're always working with these elements. Okay. And the, the gunas, these are called gunas of mind or gunas qualities can help us align ourselves into, again, talking about that embodied authenticity, that embodied authentic state of who we truly are and using those gifts of who we truly are. So here the discernment is saying like, we are so alike, we are so different. It's, it's holding both. It's noticing habit of body, mind, spirit, soul, so that we can um, interact and build relationships in the healthiest, most vital, clear, sattvic ways for us. And that's why if we have um, really tamasic or rajasic relationships, um, it, can, it can be contagious and it can disrupt our own energy system. And so sometimes our, our path of, um, moving more towards a sattvic life means that some of the tamasic and rajasic um, people that we're in a relationship with, we have to spend maybe less time with um, because we're picking up on their energy so much. Facilitate self-inquiry and meditation. And I think that this, the sattvic path in terms of what to even look at it every morning as your book ending and you're thinking, okay, so what would sattvic, a sattvic path look like for me today? What would that look like in movement? Does it look like just kind of laying on the floor and stretching for a little? Does it look like going for a run? Like, does it look like going for a swim? Does it look like taking a hike in the woods? What would this look like? And then same with our, um, with all of the rest of these qualities. So this really, uh, next part I wanna say is that Thomas and Rajas are also needed. All doshas, all elements, all gunas, we need them all. We wanna pay attention to them all. They're all built in, they are in our reality. And we have different times when we go to them. So if you look on the Thomas side where it says dull mind, um, you there's healthy and unhealthy, but part of the healthy part of Thomas is allowing for rest and sleep. So we're not always in revealing awareness and power, right? Um, we're not always in an activated state. We're wanting to say, let's just rest and digest. Like that's a, that's a good aspect of having dull mind or tamas state in our day, tamasic state in our day. But can it get a little bit too much where people are that having that apathetic, lazy, sluggish, foggy. Yes, right? We can eat foods that are tamasic and then they put us into food coma or we're laying on the couch and then we don't feel motivated to do anything. And we're just kind of ugh, like the food is heavy, the mind is heavy um, and we've got that dullness, right? And then Rajas is the overactive. These are kind of cousins, like they're described as 
like cousins of the elements of the doshas because there are some qualities that are similar and there are some differences. So when we're looking at the rajasic state of mind, we're looking at, again, what's the positives of it? What are the, what are, what are the ways in which we need it? Well, we get motivation, we get movement, we get the passion that, that like, gets us involved in so many different things. Um, we get excited about things. Part of the, the challenge with rajas or being rajasic too much of our day or too much of our time is that it can hinder that self-inquiry meditation because we're just flighting around. We're jumping from thing to thing to thing, and we don't get to go deeper. We don't get to have that clear, calm, sort of steady stance. So we're moving in and out of all these states all the time. Um, I think it's just really beautiful to even understand that we're moving in and out of these states. And if we've been in a rajasic state for a long period of time, um, we can kind of fluctuate right then to the tamas and be in a tamasic state. And that's what I hear a lot um, from clients and people in our circles is they kind of fluctuate between anxiety and depression, never really deeply experiencing that sattvic state. So one of my missions with teaching Ayurveda and sharing this beautiful wisdom is what if we had more time in the sattvic state and less time in the fluctuations of the rajasic and the tamasic. And then when we are in it, we're aware of it, but we're allowing for sattvic space to, again, be part of that integrated embodied experience. So that the self-inquiry and the meditation and the awareness becomes just as important as our time in the external world, bopping around and in rest and sleep. Okay, so these are how these energies and these qualities actually work together. So if you go to 99, let's see. Okay, so 99, 101, and 103 are just basics of the imbalanced and the balanced forms of, again, going back to elements and doshas of vata, pitta, kapha. Just real basic, and then that way as you're learning and you keep, oh, I forgot what this one is, or what does that look like, or what would be something to help me in balance? So right now, if you look at 103, we're in the middle of Pitta season. Here are some things that can come up on the imbalance side, and then here are some wonderful things you can do um, to balance yourself in this season. And what I want you to start thinking about is we're moving in, fall will become Vata season as we get to the windy, cooler time. And so you'll have that imbalance there on 99. And you can start to think about some of these balancing elements as you move towards fall. The Ayurveda clock on page 100 is just um, a really powerful, potent, foundational teaching for you to start living in alignment slowly, little, little. So let's start here. If you look at the Ayurveda clock, you actually see noon and midnight as that center line. Um, and that's because that's when the digestive fire is the brightest there at noon. So that's the center of the day, the center of our transformative period. So Pitta is that time of day, 10 to 2, and same at night. So that's the a.m. on top and p.m. at bottom. And in the daytime, we're eating our largest meal and where our digestion is so strong in that noon time. And then in the nighttime, here we're at midnight, our cleansing practice. So pizza is 
the, the elements of transformation and cleansing and digesting, um, processing emotions, food, all of the things that happen during the day. So that's happening at night during that time, which is why it's so important to be sleeping at that time so that your body can have its natural cleaning and clearing period. If you are awake, you're missing out on that vital restorative period and the vital um, time when you, your body needs and is asking, let's cleanse the blood. Let's work with the tissues. You know, this, we're not, we're not working on digesting food. Like we're doing at noon, we're working on digesting emotions and the life of this person. So that's why you'll see over and over and over, not just in Ayurveda, but every wellness, every lifestyle wellness professional right now is talking about sleep as the key. And part of that is because of all of the uh, bio processes that are happening at night that we want to happen during that time. And you don't want food in the way of that. You don't want to be digesting food at that time when your um, body is wanting to go deeper with its own cleansing and transformative process. So the other thing you can see is that that Vata time, again, each day has two blocks of that doshic time. Vata is when you feel most alert and creative, good time for tackling problems, designing, constructing projects, and that's 3 to 6 p.m. and 3 to 6 a.m. Um, important time of active dreaming when the brain can express its creativity. So you might notice that you have a lot of dreams and you wake up and you remember them. And those are usually the dreams you want to write down and do some dream analysis on. Um, wake up in the first two hours of to slowly ease into calmly the day between 2 and 6 a.m., 2 and 6 p.m. Then you go into the kapha day. So the kapha time of day is heavier. It's a heavier time of day. It's a little bit slower. So it's good to do your exercise then to balance it and to counter it. Um, wake up in the first two hours to slowly ease into the day. I, you know, a lot of people are wake, wake up before six. They wake up in the vata time and feel they're riding the energy of that. They feel better and less heavy. And this is why kapha time is a bit heavier. So if you do wake up, um, heavier, you wake up in the kapha time, you want to honor that and then maybe add some movement practices that are breath-based, make sure you're getting some really good light um, juices, teas, things that are helping you kind of move that kapha heaviness. Um, and if you go to bed before 10, then you'll have an easier time falling asleep. Again, there's so many things disrupting natural rhythms with our screens and our lifestyle that I just, again, these are the traditional ways that we talk about it and everyone's situation is so unique and different. So I just want to make space for that also. Um, here's another version of the Ayurveda clock on 102. And I, then there's a Kitchari recipe. So Kitchari is the kind of the staple food for Ayurveda. Um, great to make. If you go to banyanbotanicals.com, that's like the modern Ayurveda site. Um, they've got a great kitchari recipe, um, a kitchari kit so that you can grab and it has all the, the, everything that you would need in it. But for those who want to make their own, um, here's a great one, simple one to put in. So now, okay, so that was the pages from the Ayurveda section of the workbook. What I want to do now is just tell you the reason that's important as a foundation to understand your states of mind, your states of body, your dosha, your elements, how you're interacting with your daily life and nature and the season and balancing 
an overactive mind with a calm body or a hot day with a cool bath is because that's how we start to attune and align with the natural systems and rhythms in nature, which we are mirrors of and we're mirroring each other, nature and us. So as we continue to honor the cycle and seasons that are external through our internal life and our internal practices, we find ourselves more embodied in our authentic self. And we're here to, like our soul's purpose becomes revealed. And we're able to work within the strengths and structures that we were given as our gifts. So I'm working with a family right now and some Ayurveda practices. And um, one of the things I told her this week, the mom was, you know, honestly, if we can work with what's coming up, that looks like an imbalance. So she has a skin rash, this, this little girl. We're working with the skin rash. We're trying to align and attune to cool her down, cool the inflammation. Then the natural state and energy and flow and strength of that human shines through without you having to do anything for that person. So you don't, I don't have to cultivate healthy pitta if I take care of my natural state of this, not the natural state, the current state, the state that I'm in. So if I wake up and I'm feeling so exhausted or so heavy and I, um, maybe I actually do need a little bit more sleep or maybe I overexercise the day before, maybe I didn't eat enough food the day before. So I wake up and I feel really heavy and I acknowledge it and I attune to it. Maybe I get a little bit more sleep and then maybe when I get up, I take a nice brisk walk, do some breathing, some you know, energizing my body and then I start to feel better. Then shines forth the path of doing what I'm here to do. So then shines forth the leadership, content creation, running my business, teaching. Then I'm able to connect to the gifts of communication that I have. But if I do not align to that, so I could start beating myself up for it, or I could um, try to have pushed through it without acknowledging it, then all I'm doing is layering on dis-ease of mind or body. Then all I'm doing is starting to layer on and shove down like under the rug some kind of truth that's being revealed or some kind of habit or practice. I know when you're getting started with this, it, it may sound like it's a lot, but over time with that sattvic state of awareness, you become skillful at seeing, listening, what do I need? Oh, honey, you know, you're, it's almost your cycle. Just sleep a little bit longer today. Or yesterday you had a really hard conversation with someone you need, you just need to, um, journal about that. You know, something's on your mind, something's on your heart. What's on your heart today, right? That might be a good question. Or you might be feeling really scattered and overwhelmed and, and it's like, okay, hold on, baby. This is how you have, this is how you learn to speak to yourself. Hold on, dear. Hold on, baby. What will really serve this distracted mind? And it's like, okay, let's just sit down. Let's get a calendar, get a pen, old school, pen to paper. Let's just write down. Let's brain dump. 
Let's just get some of this distraction out so we can breathe. So we get it out, breathe the whole time, and then sit on the ground and meditate for five minutes, right? And meditating is just paying attention. It's just awareness for five minutes, right? So get all of that, the distraction and the overwhelm out, pause and breathe, and let the next right step present itself to you. Okay, baby, today you really, you know, this is what's essential for you to do, this thing. Not, you don't need to do all of these other things. Let's make a little plan, right? So one of the ways that we ground that distracted vata overwhelmed energy is by bringing it into reality. So put it on your calendar, write down that list, and then start working through it little, little, okay? So this is what an embodied, authentic Ayurveda practice starts to look like. I know that a lot of you guys have been on this learning journey with me for the past few years about Ayurveda, and I'd love to hear from you about what you notice has been working, what you notice is not working, how your Ayurveda is coming to life. And um, that, that would be really, really interesting to hear. Um, also to help me see, like, how is this how is this landing in terms of your life? Is it feeling overwhelming? Is there any teachings around sattvic state of mind? There are sattvic foods. If you look up sattva, S-A-T-T-V-A, or sattvic foods um, online, you'll find plenty of lists of cool, calming, clear foods that can help you with this state. Um, but if you can think of anything that um, you're still chewing on or your mind is having a hard time wrapping itself around, um, please do feel free to reach out because I, I really love to address, obviously, those integrated real life questions. So in the meantime, may you be safe, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you live with ease.